What's up, everybody? It is Hard Take Without the Hard Take. This is Junior Senior Two Views, episode 141. We've got a very special episode going for you guys. We have got the blocked content from TikTok. I've seen his content all over the place. Go follow him. The link is in the description of this podcast. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. It's been um, a good week and a half, probably so far, of NBA playoffs. And uh, it's good to watch the sport in its, in its purest form now that we've finally got it. Yep. So I guess we'll get started with uh, your team against the Sacramento Kings, uh, the long downtrodden franchise. You're having a 2-1 lead up against the the NBA's darling, so to speak. What do you make of this series so far as a Warriors fan? I think I'm up and down. There are certainly moments uh, when it was 0-2 where it was firmly down, uh, but one game can make all the difference. And game three, I think, provided a lot of hope. Um, as I think it was Naismith himself said, and he carved it into the, the tablets on which he wrote the rules for basketball, that a playoff series doesn't start until the home team loses a game. And that hasn't happened yet. The series hasn't started. It's, uh, there'll be another, another home game for the Warriors on Monday. Draymond will be back. There's a lot of energy in the team. Um, a lot of improvement from, from game one to three. And even then, like game one, I think game one is kind of, it's it's well in the background now, especially after what happened in game two. Game one wasn't all that bad. Things were okay. So there's a lot of positives. Um, if you asked me that on, if you asked me on Thursday how I felt, I would have given you a very different answer though. <laughs> speaking of game two and speaking of a certain Draymond, um, obviously that situation's <laughs> making the rounds on social media with all of its controversy. People pointing fingers at DeMontis, at Draymond. Uh, what is your take on it? Well, the NBA is made, they're, they're taking a stand and they're saying, they're being very firm and they're saying, if we feel that we didn't properly punish you for kicking Stephen Adams in the nuts seven years ago, then we're going to make a point when you do something wrong. And look, it's a firm line and there's a lot of, there's not really a lot of guys out there who did something wrong against Stephen Adams seven years ago, but they're, they're setting a standard to which every other player should be held. Yeah. Yeah, but, I agree with that. I'm just chiming in as senior here. Look, I think the key factor here is if Draymond had realized who was in attendance, that is Adam Silver. And if he had decided to play up, no, fair enough. The video shows DeMontis grabbing his ankle. No lie, no doubt. If Draymond decided to fall to the ground and writhe in pain, who knows? Maybe DeMontis would have gotten a technical and maybe he would have gotten a, a flagrant. Who knows? But Draymond was so demonstrative in his foot press and then decided to catapult himself off his off Sabonis's rib cage. I'm sure Sabonis wasn't as injured as what he played out to be, but history is a thing for Draymond. And Draymond decided to, you know, do a little bit of WWE with the ear and the you hear me. I think, you know, it's his history precedes him. And he's lucky. He's very lucky because you go back to the 2016 series, game three, Cleveland, next minute Cleveland's down three, one next minute, they win the whole thing. And that, his absence was felt. So Draymond just needs to control himself. He just he just has a problem doing that. I think my take on the whole thing was um I, I I'm of the same opinion as senior. I um he definitely did grab his leg. I don't know if it was intentional, and it's you can't tell intent in that situation. Um, but what was intentional was there's no way it's an to me, it's an Indomitian Sue situation. Like obviously Draymond felt who was behind him. And um, but the game previously, obviously, you had um, 
DeMontis Sabonis stopping him with momentum in a tight situation. Um, but my view, a lot of people on social media are, are acting like that's the be all and end all. And in my opinion, it's a false equivalence because you're like you're comparing uh, getting stomped in the sternum heavily and being used as a trampoline to uh, stopping momentum as a bit of dirty strategy. Fair enough, but it's a false equivalence in my eyes. But away from Draymond in game three, uh, the Warriors had a nice win at Chase Center. Crucially, without Draymond, Kevon Looney pulled down 20 boards, which is massive. They needed that muck and grind guy. Uh, what do you make of that, Joe? Yeah, I was really pleased. Um, coming into that game, I was talking with a whole bunch of different guys about what is Kerr going to do with that lineup? Because Kerr has shown that he will play any lineup, and it, no matter the situation. Like there were, you know, there's 2015 finals games where he was playing. Oh, I can't remember his name now, but he didn't like he didn't but play. Festus Azili, I think. No, it was even. It was even more than that. What was his name? He was like the son of some legend. <laughs> or like grandson like he played like three regular season games and he started a finals game for out of the blue so like Kerr has no uh he's got no hesitation running a lineup that he's never played before including one in that game where Jermichael Green Dante DiVincenzo Jordan Poole uh like they all that's the first time they've all shared the, the court together with Moses Moody and like those guys have never played a minute together and he throws them out there in probably the biggest game of the season um but I was thinking that he would make more defensive adjustments in the starting lineup and move someone like Kaminga or DiVincenzo in and play three guards, um, Steph, Clay, and DiVincenzo. And moving Poole in worked and uh, putting everything on Kevon Looney and just letting him get every board and, and having him be the focus of the defense is something that worked in the Memphis ser series last year and then he rode all the way to the finals and it, it worked again. So credit to Steve Kerr, credit to Kevon, but like... 20 boards, nine assists too. Like, yeah. One of which was he fell to the ground and rolled the ball over to Steph. Steph just picks up and hits a three. Like, yeah. Just incredible. I, I really think that the factor of this series is going to be if Golden State can win the next game, even it up. And, but the, you know, we know about their road record. It's never been good. Home cooking is where they survive. So the big challenge for them is, you know, to go back potentially. I mean, we'll, we'll go back to Sacramento and try to win at least one game to even it up or take a lead in the series, that's going to be the challenge for them. And, you know, the speed of the Kings team is phenomenal. I'm watching them and I'm watching, I'm just, you know, you watch Jaron Fox. He's just slithery. He's just got a way to just move around the court. And, and, you know, it's like, it's like Golden State seeing their future through, you know, through the coach of the year. <laughs> he, you know, he, he has a cheat sheet on this team and is sort of mirroring the Kings to be almost like a younger version of, of the Warriors going forward. Well, they were that fast team in 2015 um, when yeah. they won the championship. They were that fast team. They were that revolutionary team that played very fluid lineups. And if you're looking at guys like um, Poole can step out and hit and hit and move through the lineup, um, I think I think this is a the Warriors aren't going to go away entirely. They aren't going to go away, and it's and shown they've earned that right to always be in conversation, no matter what the what the um, series score says. But moving on the other side of California, the northern part, uh, Sacramento. Um, I have been on the record of really uh, 
not believing in Sacramento all year long. I famously said, oh, this run isn't sustainable. What were they doing? Um, the trade for um, uh, DeMontis opponents giving up Halliburton still lives in my mind rent-free. Um, and I still think that they could have given up other stuff for uh, Sabonis, but it it's worked. It's allowed De'Aaron Fox to emerge into what Brian Windhorse has called it, a potential superstar in the making. What do y'all think? I've been yeah. um, big on the Kings this year. I really, uh, and I don't think you're alone, in, especially at the time, thinking that that Sabonis, Halliburton, Travis, pure insanity. Like I could not, even as the season ended, just watching Halliburton with that Pacers team starting to click. It was like, you gave that up for Sabonis, who wasn't fitting with Miles Turner. And like, what's he going to do? Fox's, you know, what's Fox's record with big guys? Because like Fox was on the downturn, even like guys like, I was thinking during the game the other day, like Harrison Barnes, everyone was saying, get rid of Harrison Barnes, get him on a good team. He's a good veteran presence and he can probably help someone at the back of the bench. And now he's like a starting small, small forward on the yeah. number three seed and he's attacking the rim and dunking on, like dunking all over guys. It's been like a complete revitalization. Uh, but it's so fast. I think yeah. that's one of the fastest games. That game three is one of the fastest games I've seen. Because even like in the first like eight minutes, I don't know if there was a foul call. So they were just going up and down, no timeouts. They were just flying. I'm really enjoying it. It is hard. It's hard to... <laughs> to praise a team all year and enjoy their success and then to watch them do all the things that you've said they're good at against your team. Yeah, of course. I think, I think that's just, that's just a city. I think, I think that, you know, Sacramento's time was coming. Everybody could see it years and years. I mean, the, the, I think I thought it was the DeMarcus years for some reason when DeMarcus cousins got drafted, I thought it's gotta be it. This is it. And then, you know, Fox came along with him and it just, it didn't work out then. DeMarcus got injured a bit, and then they traded him. And then they made this move, and I'm with everybody else thinking Halliburton was showing that he could play, but then they thought, well, do we need two guards? And that's, that was a big question. And they didn't need two guards because De'Aaron Fox is proving it. And so they also needed the right coach, and they got the coach of the year, and you know, he's, got, he's had a chance to now – this is a guy who was fired from the Lakers. <laughs> he played he, – he, he coached eight games of the Lakers, and they got rid of him. Well, that was a that was a Lakers team that was headed by uh by the two headed monster of a declining Mitch Kupchak and uh one of the bus bus children. I I believe it was Jim. I know, but at the time, everybody thought, well, that was a, that was strange. But then to be able to reemerge as you know, and the Sacramento were going through coaches like water. I mean, their last coach before that was Luke Walton, and Luke Walton was horrible. So. The fight, the fact that they finally got the right coach and the right mix. We'll see what happens. It's, it's a long series. It's not over yet. I Mike do. Brown was brought in as a defensive guy. He was the Warriors' defensive coordinator. Right. So he, to see him run a, a, an entire offense, like it's pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah. yeah. I do really like uh, the emergence of Keegan Murray, though. He didn't have that big of an impact in this game, only pulling down five boards and six points. But he's really given them that extra edge inside that they haven't had in a long time i mean sabonis is obviously the headliner inside he pulled down 16 boards and four dished out four assists and had 15 points in the game uh just recently but he's really been that inside presence and um look i'm still 50 50 on the whole trade for him but um the way it's worked out 
they've had they finally had their their headline center um who they haven't had since uh since divots really i think moving i think we it's high time to move on to the next series with your beloved new york Knicks getting the mucky grindy win over the Cleveland Cavaliers, ninety-nine to seventy-nine. That was a stomp. That wasn't just a. That wasn't a drop. That was a blowout. They blew the doors off that team. You think you were watching this game from nineteen ninety-nine? I'm telling you what, it was a great win. I mean, look, they are what they are, and I think people. I think the one person to step up in this game was R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett was too quiet in in game two. Um, You're not going to stop Donovan Mitchell on the Cavs side. You're going to let him score, but other guys, Garland didn't play well. That helped us. Um, Randall played well. Rand, um, R.J. Barrett played well. And, of course, Jalen Brunson. What a steal. The, you know, everybody questioned it because they were like, they see, our, they see Donovan Mitchell out there, and, you know, fans think he should have been with the Knicks. And, look, things trades go the way they go. They obviously didn't want to get rid of R.J. Barrett, and it shows. And then he stepped up tonight. So, I mean – it, the Knicks have to, in my opinion, have to win the next game in order to control it for real, because I still don't want to sleep on Cleveland. I've been really surprised in this series. I tipped Cleveland in seven. I really like both teams. I've been a really big, um, I, I had like a, a Knicks like month. I think I watched nearly every second of their games through, was it January and February, just after Josh Hart arrived. And that team like really turned into something. Twenty-one and eight when he got on board. So that was that was a deal that no one thought was going to be. It wasn't really a blip on the radar, but he helped them. He made he made them that much better defensively. And he's wearing John Stark's old number, so of course, why not number three? It's the same energy. <laughs> I just don't understand how Cleveland's offense has fallen apart this badly. The defense is like the defense has been really good by the Knicks. They've got great point of attack defense. Brunson and Brunson and Hart have stepped up. Randall just has no respect for Mobley. He's destroying him. <laughs> no, no. Mo- Mobley's Mobley's a he's a broomstick compared to Randall. He just he's just not. And it's defense because it's Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau's the most unhappiest coach on a friend. You never see him smile. He's always scowling, but he's all about defense. So, you know, right now the game went the way the Knicks had to do it. They had to win this game. And they don't play well at home. They didn't play well at home all, most of the season. They played better on the road. But to win this game was big. They have to win. They, in my opinion, they have to win game four in order to really put the pressure on the Cavaliers. Like I said, Donovan Mitchell is a phenomenal player. Take nothing away from it. He's been in the playoffs every single year since rookie season. He's a phenomenal player, but the Knicks just have to keep doing what they're doing. And I hope they win game four. That's all. That's all there is to it. Well, on your point, Joe, about um, uh, not knowing why the Cavaliers' offense has fallen so hard, what they really relied on was outside of their um, their top guys like uh, Mitchell, like Garland, like Mobley, like Levert, um, was really their bench of guys who were actually stepping up. Okoro, Osman, Green, Rubio, none of them showed up tonight. Osman only played 16 minutes uh, a bagel in points and only two boards. Green played only 12 minutes, 12 minutes, a bagel in points, one assist and two two boards. Okoro only played 12 minutes, two rebounds and seven points. Rubio only played five minutes, a bagel in points, assist, uh, one assist and two boards. And Neto 
he played four minutes and only got one point and one assist. So they've really had to, they've leaned on their bench, but they haven't, they, they didn't in this game. But I think those numbers look skewed because toward the end, they just released everybody because it was already a blowout within with by six, by seven minutes in the fourth quarter, it was already a blowout. So I think those guys showing up was just garbage time for them. So overall, uh, the Knicks have a Thibodeau has a has nine man rotation. He's got his five guys and he's got four off the bench. And one of them is not Evan Fournier. That's for sure. The other it's, it's Obi Toppin. It's definitely Emmanuel quickly. And it's definitely like McBride and definitely I forgot his other name, but there's only four guys who comes off, come off the bench for Tibbs. And I love Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin is energizing. I wish he played more because he's, he's got a good game. So he came in, he chimed in with eight points. The Knicks bench outscored the, the pay, uh, Cavaliers bench, no doubt. Easily. The weird um, Danny Green coming back from the dead and being, a, being called into the team out of ESPN. Like, he was pretty comfortable. He was ready. He was getting his makeup on. And they go, oh, Danny, we need you to play. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, what are they doing for him out? Like, you're not going to win a series with Danny Green as your corner shooter. Not, it's mark my words. Danny Green is a timeline directly to Udonis Haslam. He is the next Udonis Haslam. Udonis Haslam's retiring at the end of the season. And he will be handing over his ageless formula to Danny Green. Everywhere Danny Green goes, he plays. So it doesn't matter. Well, right uh, now, well, right now, according to 538, uh, the Knicks have a 63% chance of making the second round, uh, as opposed to the Cavaliers 37%. How that wow. translates in this series, because numbers don't mean anything. It's what happens on the court. We'll have to wait and see. But moving on to the next playoff series, I think we have to discuss. Uh, probably the biggest shock today, the Hawks grinded out an eight-point win over the Boston Celtics, getting one win back. Uh, Trey Young, he he shut the critics up, put up 32 points. Probably the first efficient performance I've seen from him all season long. Mm. I was shocked. I really, I kind of had, I think I had things to do this morning. So I, <laughs> I kind of, I scratched it off. I was like, that's not going to happen. Like, I don't really need to see this game. And then I checked. I checked the score of the third quarter. I was like, the Hawks are in this? And the, the, they're, they're super inconsistent team. I don't know how you guys felt about the, the Murray trade, but I hated it. Mm. But the when they work together, the one in five times that it does work and they play properly together, they actually win. So I guess this is one of the five times. I don't really put much stock in it. I don't either because I think that Atlanta was going to get a win somewhere. I didn't think it was going to be a complete sweep of the series. The, the Celtics on paper are the better team. In that game, it was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. One point, the Celtics had a lead. Next minute, the Hawks come back. The Hawks had to really work to get this game. This game was never really out of out of reach for the Celtics. So I'm, I'm, not, I don't, I'm like you. I don't hold stock in Atlanta. They're a confusing team to me. You got Nate McMillan was chased out of town after doing what he did last season to get them, or the season before, not last season, the season before last. Quinn Schneider was sitting around sipping on tea. He was apparently burnt out when he was done with the Jazz, and then they they found him lying somewhere. So he's coaching now, and they they they're strange. The Dante Murray trade I thought was a bit skeptical too, considering they kind of are doing the same things, both guys. But he wanted out of he wanted out of San Antonio. And I'm sure the San Antonio Spurs were happy to be tanking without him, so they sent him packing. So I don't know. It's to me the Celtics on paper are still the more talented team. I think the Celtics are going to win the next two games and just put a put a hammer in this one, finish it off. 
Well, um, for me, with I said in the last episode that I don't. When is it time to look at the playing group of the Hawks and say you guys are petulant? Because this is now the second coach, uh, um, with the last one and Nate McMillan that they've chased out of town, mostly headed by Trey Young. When is it time to look at the playing group and say you guys are the problem? Because if they, if this Schneider thing does not work, then I don't know what to say. I don't know. Uh, do you like I? I don't know what to say about this playing group because it's obvious that Trey Young is talented, very talented. And he was just recently named by his peers as the most overrated player in the NBA, which is just crazy to me. But like, um, when is the time to look at this, look at it and say, you guys need to shape up. If you want to win a ring, you got to listen. Well, I think like you were saying, Richard, Quinn Snyder was sitting around sipping tea, uh, burnt out and Atlanta were, continuously just emailing him another number higher and higher and higher and higher just you know 100 mil 200 mil like whatever it had to be they were pouring coins into his mouth to get him to agree because they gave him a five-year deal and that's a deal where if if the problem happens again it's not them Quinn stays they're gone and like this is yeah it's the third coach they ran two out of town um Lloyd Pierce maybe had didn't have a game plan that particularly suited Trey Young, Nate McMillan bent over backwards to make everything Trey Young pick and rolls, and they still ran him out of town. Now yeah. they get a respectable coach who will, like, I don't, you know, we haven't seen enough of Quinn yet to see what kind of offense he's running. But, you yeah. know, like, he knows how to put together a team, an offense, a defense. So this is, of all those three, he's firing away the best coach. Yeah. Um, but even, yeah, like the playing group, Trey and DeJounte, uh, very similar players. Neither one wants to seem to play off ball when the other has has the ball in their hands. John Collins has been in every trade rumor since he basically put on a Hawks hat. And Bogdanovich looks like he's halfway out the door. Yeah, I, I, like I said, they're a confusing franchise to me because it doesn't feel like there's there's a market for this franchise that players are just going to. A few years back, maybe. I think, you know, when Dwight Howard was Dwight Howard in his prime, more or less, you know, he wanted to, he couldn't wait to go play for the Hawks. And, you know, he tried to, you know, get some guys with them. But it's one of those franchises, to me, I agree. They've given Quinn Schneider the money. Now, pretty much it's like shut up and play. Otherwise, someone like Trey Young could be easily moved. I mean, I think that you look about the history about the Hawks, they had a chance to either draft him or Luca, And then ultimately the pads were, they went opposite directions. I don't know if it would have mattered if Luca's playing on his team. I think some franchises may need to get the detonator button, blow it up, start all over. Luca's always got a knife in his hand for a coach anyway, too. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. One of the things I've noticed with these two big Atlanta wins, so the play-in and where they got all those rebounds against Miami and now today, uh, the day before a negative story has leaked about trade. So the first one was before the play-in, apparently they're willing to trade him. And then before game three, he's the most overrated player in the league. So I think before game four, if you want, like if you really want to inspire him, there's probably some stories out there that you want to leak um, and just really get him going and have another 30-point game. Tell him he's tall. That'll get him upset. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him he's the tallest person he's ever seen. All right. Show him a mirror. Yeah. Well, well on the – yeah. He has to be to play ball. <laughs> Put one on top of his head, yeah. On the Boston side of things, obviously uh, everyone's been raving about them this year, and rightly so. Jason Tatum's been an MVP candidate for most of the year, and why not? His efficiency has gone through the roof. I, that was one of the things I was riding him for, and why, and what, in my opinion, cost Boston 
a ring last year was how inefficient he was. Like, it seemed whenever Brown had a good game, Tatum could not have a good game at all. In in not just the finals last year, but the whole playoff run, the except for the Nets series, but the Nets got 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 the butts beaten in anyway. Um, Malcolm, but, Malcolm Brogdon. So Brad Stevens, as much as people think, you know, he's not pulling the strings. Boston had a thought and said, you know what, you're a good coach, but we think you could be even better served doing the job of operations. The the deal to get Malcolm Brogdon in, who is now the sixth man and was a rookie of the year several years back, has been the biggest move to date for that team. He comes off the bench and he's instant everything. The other guy, too, is Derek White. He's been awesome. Yeah. Especially, like, the ball in his hands, off the ball. He's doing it both. His efficiencies, his numbers are way up this year than they were last year. He really created in the offseason. I'm oh, sorry, in the postseason last year, especially the finals, didn't hit basically anything. Yeah. Um, at this point... I think that their two bench guards are more valuable than their starting guard and Marcus Smart. Yeah, uh, honestly, I do think so. And but another another thing I uh, another doubt I had about it, this team is their uh, previously volatile locker room and one that's not really susceptible to change. Uh, when obviously the Udoka situation happened late last year, I was like, okay, what hap- What happens now? Uh, and they go and get they go and get Missoula, and he has kept the same fire with this team, and they've been playing like it. So I think this playing group has really matured and really rounded into a championship contender. And according to five thirty eight, they they agree they have the highest chance of of winning the finals at twenty five percent, and they have the second highest chance of going to the finals at thirty seven percent. Yeah, they look real good. Yeah. Um, the other thing to watch is Rob Williams' numbers. So he had 22 points in game, 22 minutes in game one, 23 minutes in game two, and 19 this game today. It's just like so much their defense. And well, their defense changes the way that it plays depending on whether Rob's out there or not. So yep. keeping an eye on his minutes and seeing, you know, he's still kind of under a minutes restriction informally because they need him to stay healthy. For as long as they oh, can yeah. progress, because if oh, they yeah. make it to the finals with him, it's Agreed. a different story. Like they just he was, play defense so much better. He was a huge absence last season, and that that changed the complexity for them. Indeed, yeah. Moving on, we have got the Phoenix Suns and Los Angeles Clippers. The Suns pulled out a five point win yesterday. Uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to crow on this. I feel like the tide's turned. The tide is turned now. Steve Steve Ballmer is. Absolutely shitting bricks now. He must be thinking to himself, what has happened? Yeah, and that's probably the question to ask. What has happened? Norman Powell put up 42. Russ put up 30. And with no PG and no Kawhi. And that's the one thing I said to you last episode. It's going to come down to health for the Clippers. And this team is never healthy. And Kawhi's missing game four. Oh, great. Yeah. Even better. I think it's over. I, 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 I did. Look, I Calling had it the, over. Wow. I had the Clippers winning this series, but I said, you know, Kawhi has got to be healthy. Paul George has had, I mean, Paul George has had so much to prove over the years. You think about, he had the most, probably the most valuable years in, in, in Indiana, right? Against the heat in those, in those semifinals. Yeah. 
and then he, you know, decides to go to OKC for a season. Then he gets traded away to go to LA, and that was considered the move that was going to solidify this team to actually get to the finals. And he's not there. Kawhi, who they've load managed left and right, you play this many games, don't play this many games. He's come off knee surgery now. It's unclear as to why he's not playing because reports have it that it's not necessarily his knee. Who knows? You can never get an answer out of him anyway. I mean, I don't, I mean, if he's not playing game four, that's it. You can't rely on Norman Powell and Russ. Russ that's, that's not Russ's job. That's not the same Russell Westbrook that, that um, Ty Lue wants. He wants the Russ from game one, not the Russ trying to put up those points. It's just not it's not sustainable. I don't see Norman Powell scoring like that in game four. Well, Kawhi has the vocabulary of chat GBT anyway, so there's not really much to say about that. But what do you think, Joe? Yeah, I don't uh, I don't see much going well for the Clippers in game four, um, even for a home game. You're never getting that game out of Norman Powell again. Like that's the best game of Norman Powell's career. It was this an incredible thing, game. Shot he, well. Right. He's a great player off the bench. He gives yeah. you 20 points that's it Norman Powell's not gonna do that again no and so who else is who gets the points for the Clippers like Marcus Morris played okay but you haven't like you're not gonna get 38 good minutes out of him it's just it's unfortunate because this could have been an elite seven game series that goes down to the wire every single game and even in game one and two it was without PG so it might still be it might it might still be if PG comes back it might still be if if um I like you said, we're not going to get that game out of Norman Powell again. But if the depth is somewhat reasonable for the Clippers, it was still a five point game. So maybe if yeah. if their defense locks down, because their defense has the ability to be elite. The thing I think about the Suns are getting better though. Yeah, I think I think the Suns. I think there were question marks about Durant, right? Because he did that layup where he twisted his ankle. I don't know. I was laughable. I don't know how he did that. But then there was doubts, you know, he coming back. Could he could he just mesh right in? Of course he can, because Kevin Durant's Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant's game simple. Mid-range, mid-range, mid-range. He's all bones and shoulders. And that's his that's his thing. The only thing about the Suns was their bench depth. They don't have a bench, really. They got rid of there. Some guys. Mikhail Bridges is not there. Cam Johnson's not there. So you thought they'd be in trouble. But now if you starting five can do what you can do, you're not worried so much looking across at the Clippers, and you don't see their best players. I mean, I feel bad for Steve Ballmer because he's poured so much money into this team, and they're getting a new arena and everything. I don't think that's going to include Kawhi and Paul George. I'm, 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 I'm calling it. I'm looking at the crystal ball thinking that this organization might just move on either one of them or maybe both. Who knows? I'm, I'm serious. Well, they have to know. They have to actually keep both at this point because you've given up so much assets for Paul George. You've mortgaged your basically your next decade for him. So you have to you have to at least go. You have to go for it. It's as simple as that. The your picks, your picks are OKC property. You know, there's no way you can get those back. No. But on the on the Phoenix side of things, we were slowly segueing into that. Uh Kevin Durant, obviously the big uh trade in the middle of the season that made the NBA melt down once again. Uh, and he's been Kevin Durant. He's been the Slim Reaper that we expected. Um, but I'm looking at one man for this team in this game specifically who was who had pre- one of the best performances 
I've seen from him in a long time. Devin Booker had 45, three, and six out of 45 minutes. An unbelievable performance. Man, Book is so good. Yeah. And even like, I, I, I'm, a book, I'm, a, I'm a book guy. And even those, those games where he just goes off like that and you just watch him cutting through and just using his footwork to just find space in the mid-range, it's just beautiful. And Durant, like using Durant as a distraction to find book. It's like, that's Phoenix's offense. Durant, like you said, Durant's been the Slim Reaper, but he hasn't had, like, a. there's not been a Durant game yet. He's had 27, 25, 28. And it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, Durant. Durant's <laughs> out there too. Like, right. Booker is Booker's killing it right now. And he's outperforming the best shooter, like the best individual scorer of all time. Another I'm guy. so impressed by Booker. Another guy, like you said, Devin Booker. If you think about the lean years, He's big. You forget about the lean years. Like Devin Booker was there when Phoenix was horrible and they were just not winning and he was sitting there and now he's got players to compliment him. And you know what? It works for Chris Paul because Chris Paul is not Chris Paul anymore. And Chris Paul doesn't have to be. He can just sit there, distribute the ball, occasionally take a mid-range shot. He doesn't have to do it all. And that that's what matters. So I'm, I don't know. I think I think that Phoenix is playing with momentum now. They they smell blood in the water. They know they're two biggest stars in the Clippers. They don't have to worry about them. I Norman Powell's not going to do that again. And neither is Russ. And neither should Russ. Russ is a great player, but his game has changed, and he shouldn't be relied upon for for those kind of points again. I just I think the game's over. They're going to win Game Four, and then they got to go back to Phoenix, and it's, it's sad because. Team, you know, we always say that we want basketball to be its purest form when the best players are on the court. In this case, the two biggest stars on LA aren't there, so I don't know. Funny little tidbit. Uh, uh, finally, Chris Paul got a win against Scott Foster. He's now three and seventeen in playoff games, and Scott Foster is refereed. I mean, I mean, it's such a it's such a weird um storyline. I don't know what Chris uh, what uh. He did what Chris Paul did to make Scott Foster hate him this much, but it's it's got to be something bad. Oh well, it could I put be money one. on the Clippers for Game Two based on that only. I, just <laughs> kind of, I saw the Scott Foster. It was like four to one. I was like, no, nah, that's 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 a bet. Yo, yeah, of course it is. Of course it, it is. It could have all been the numbers worse. indicate. It could have been Tim Donahue. That's all I'm saying. Oh I'll throw, no, I'll throw oh, it out. No. Well, could have been that crew in uh, in Brooklyn the other night. I don't know how they lost that game. That was the most rigged game, and they still lost. Oh, man. <laughs> On that note, we go into the 76ers oh, Brooklyn series. Um, and I think we it's right that we talk about Brooklyn first. Um, I mean, they blew it up at the deadline, and everyone expected, okay, yep, yeah, just go down the east, tank for whoever's in the top 10. You got your picks. Most of nope. them are Rockets property, but you got your picks from, from Phoenix. Work with that and try to build. You know what? It, the thing about it is, is we know that the coach of the war, coach of the Kings, I forget his name. It goes, goes away now. He got the coach of the year, but Jock Vaughn should have got it based on the circus he walked into. I mean, Steve Nash was fired. Kyrie said, I got to go. They said them packing. Oh, Kyrie said more than that. Kyrie said <laughs> a whole lot of crap. We know, we know that. And then KD had to go. So, I mean, look, 
I didn't, I didn't, I called it our last show, our last show, we said that I'd be surprised if Brooklyn even wins a game. And they were, they were doing this double team on Embiid. I don't understand why they kept double teaming the man. Because all Joel Embiid would do is give it to that guy. There's Maxi with the three. There's Tobias Harris. With the, just kept on handing it off. So I didn't understand that. I don't understand how Embiid didn't get ejected based on picking Claxton up his clacker. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, it's um, it's been a weird year for Brooklyn, and it, they should they should take a lot of pride of being in the in the playoffs and being you know qualifying straight up. They were six seed. They were better than Miami, better than Atlanta. That's that's a good thing. They just run into the can MVP. I, yeah. Can I also say they had Ben Simmons? They were stuck <laughs> with him. And they're still stuck with him. And he stinks. And they don't have any space for him. And they should just eat the contract and send him packing. Just, just, give, him, just give him the amnesty. At he, this is point. Not, he is not the player, but he thought he was. He doesn't do, he doesn't do homework. He's gotten no better, and it shows. And they said, no. That's why Jock Vaughn said, I'm stuck with this guy, and he's and I got guys better than him. Mikhail Bridges is who you build with because he's a good player, and everybody sees that. Yeah, Mikhail is fantastic. And to think that he was on the market for five picks only from, from Phoenix because I think there was something that Memphis offered five picks as well and didn't get him. He was so coveted by the Phoenix Suns because he's such a good player, and he's shown it. And haven't expected him to be this good offensively as he has been the last, you know, few months. And that's just a credit to him. He's a great player. Um, Brooklyn, of course, have, have my Australian countryman, Patty Mills, doing nothing. And that's probably all the Australian <laughs> angle to it. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, look, there's only so many spots. You know, Patty was like, yeah, I'm good with it. I'll get my paycheck. He can ball. That's the difference. If I'm a coach and I'm looking at the bench and I go, there's Ben Simmons in his fancy his fancy jacket. I got Patty Mills. I'm gonna put Patty Mills on the court every time. Not Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is trash. The NBL just released their schedule uh, like last week, so I was kind of like noting down a few games um, for wherever Simmons will land when he comes up <laughs> against my uh, Brisbane Bullets. Honestly, I honestly I would expect he 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 probably he probably um, Melbourne United probably do something with the salary cap and sign him. You know it'll happen. Uh, considering they just got um they just got the the kid from the Cavs Luke Travers back yeah so so um on the other side of things Philly um obviously put up put up a great game Tyrese Maxey at twenty one Harden doing Harden things and getting twenty <laughs> getting twenty one um and it was just a it, it was a weird game for the seventy sixers they were awfully close to blowing it. Uh, and Bede was a bit annoyed all game long. Uh, that might have been because he wasn't all that healthy because he's there. They've shut him down for game four, um, which is load managing in the playoffs, which I ain't never seen that before. <laughs> that's a that, and that's going to give the Nets, uh, I, I believe that's going to give the Nets a bulletin board material. No, I think that's just, I mean, look, it makes sense. If you're up three, three nil at this point. I mean, the Nets are just outclassed. They're just not as good on paper. They don't have the personnel. Yeah, I like Bridges. I like I like um, Dorian Finney-Smith. I like Spencer Dinwiddie. Those are all good players that just don't match up. And then Tyrese Maxey is a phenomenal player, and he went off. And then, again, they kept double-teaming on beat. I don't understand 
what he's he's not going to just go ahead and dribble the ball. He's going to pass it, and they just have a better shooting team. They were out. Look, I, I agree. Jock Vaughn did the best he could with this team and got them to avoid the plan, which would have been far more difficult for them. They end up holding on to that succeed. Now it's just time to play for pride, maybe win one at home, go back to Philly, lose, and then reflect on the season that was. Uh, bring Ben Simmons into the office and say, Alvita Zane, Ben, you're shocking, and let somebody else take him. Because that team is – he's getting paid. He's getting $40 million coming up next season. So if you're Ben Simmons, your back still hurts. There's no need to go back to play. They say, pack your back, but don't take any of that Brooklyn branded merchandise with you. Those shirts aren't yours anymore. Leave it here. Yeah, leave yeah. it here. Um, this is hard for me because I'm a Philly hater. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't like I, – I know that this team is better than last year. Embiid is better. The Harden combination is working better. But I know that we're going to get to a game six of an important game. Arn's going to choke out. Doc's going to make four of the worst decisions you've ever seen in your life. And B's going to have 45 points in three quarters and then not be able to score in the fourth. And then they're going to ask for Tobias Harris to do anything. He won't be able to do it. And they're going to have to rely on Maxi, who's a 30 guy, who has been playing well. Played really well, kind of closed it out in the end of that game three. That may be the difference. Yeah. In all, because we, how many other times have we seen this shit with Philly? They just run it up the court. They run a pick and roll. Tobias Harris does nothing. And B stays in the middle of the floor, gets the ball makes a move, either yep. goes in or goes out, and everyone runs back the other way. Yeah, I mean, I think that also James, James Harden's playing with a lot more um, optimism because this is, like, he's looking for a full, he's looking for a supermax. So you're going you're gonna to play up a little more when you're looking to get a contract extension. Well, he, willingly, I, he willingly took a pay cut this offseason to say, let's go for it now. I, he said to, he gave the organization a gift and look, he 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 wasn't going to get any more than 15 mil anyway, but he gave the organization the gifts and say, hey, just give me 10 mil and bolster up and let's go. Let's do this. And I, I gave it to Dwayne Dedman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, Dwayne Dedman. Uh, definitely the letters for him is DNP because he did not play. That's for sure. And because he threw it. Didn't he throw a massage gun on the floor at some point this season? That was his final game as a member of the Miami Heat. Yep, yeah. and, and all the comments on that on that House of Highlights video were were get let get ready to learn Chinese, buddy, because you're going to the Shanghai Sharks. Oh no! Oh well. All right, moving on to uh, the Bucks and the Heat. Uh, it is now, I believe, it's one one. With yes, and, it is. And Giannis will be returning hopefully soon. Um, we don't want to see him out. He's a fantastic player, but the Bucks absolutely manhandled the Heat without him. Absolutely manhandled them. Uh, 16 for Middleton, 13 for Portis, 25 for Brooke Lopez, 24 for Drew Holiday, 16 for the new age, the new age Wojo in Grayson Allen, uh, 22 for Pat Connaughton, and 17 for the Oz, the Aussie sniper known as Joe Ingles. What a what a comeback game for that guy. That's a feel-good story. Because he had gone out with major reconstructive knee surgery. The Jazz let him go. Portland took him on, but then Portland let him go. And for him to be on the court and playing and adding that extra energy. And they needed it. They really needed it. And Brooke Lopez, who knew he was a center? I didn't know. I didn't usually see Brooke Lopez somewhere like 30 feet past the three-point line hoisting him up. You know, 
but he had to actually go inside this game because they didn't have any inside presence. What do you know? So that, that, that was a huge, huge shot in the arm because the Bucs will not win the championship without Giannis. That's it. They don't have Giannis playing. They're not winning. That's for sure. It was good to see them actually put something together without him because you just assume, like, no Giannis, whatever. Like, because that's what the story was pretty much throughout the regular season. And they did have a lot of uh, no Giannis, no Chris games. Chris was pretty good in this. Drew, Drew Holiday. I know that everyone says, like, Drew Holiday is, like, one of the best players in the league. I think it just needs to be said every single day. Drew Holiday is one of the best players in the league, one of the best defenders, one of the best team guys, runs the offense. He's just incredible. Like, they don't win that game without Drew. Um, I'm, that was a, that was a good win for the Bucks for them to do it without to do it without Giannis. They don't win the championship without Drew. They don't win the championship without Drew. That was a that was a masterstroke move to get him away from away from New Orleans because he was going nowhere nowhere fast there. So to to get him over there, complimenting Giannis and Middleton, he's a big reason why they won the championship a couple years back. Well, obviously Joe Ingles as well. He went down with that ACL injury just after being traded away from the Jazz last year uh, when they uh, decided to start moving pieces um, and to see him finally thrive with a, a team that could be in championship contention. I would love for Joe Ingles to get a ring just to see Paul George stew on the bench. <laughs> well, George, Joe Ingles is a, is a national icon. He's 35 oh, yeah. years old. He's 35 coming off an ACL. But he just does so much for them. He's he's that pick and roll maestro off the wing that when when the offense gets shut down and the initial action, whatever Drew and, and Giannis are trying to run, they can give it to Joe and he can figure it out. He's incredible. He's a great shooter. But I just like his little pick and roll moves. Also the fact that he just talks the entire game. He just throws yeah. chat for 48 minutes, like on or off the bench. He is always throwing chat. He's just out there competing, playing as hard as anyone. Doesn't look like he has the dimensions or the body of a, an elite athlete, but he is. He's got the mind. It's all that counts. Yeah. All about the mind. I agree. And the, I think between him and Jay Crowder, they're, they're going to be important pieces for that Bucks team because those guys have a lot of playoff experience. So that's a very experienced Bucks team. And like I said, when Giannis went down that first game, I think the air went out the, the entire arena. Everything got quiet very quickly. Yeah. They, they looked confused and the heat jumped all over that. And the heat were on, the heat were shooting everything. I mean, and they're not a great shooting team, but they were hitting everything that game. I think they saw blood in the water, but I think, yeah, I agree. I think if Giannis can be healthy to come back, that could really be a, a jump, a jump start going into the next game. I think they go back to Miami now. So I think yeah. that's, yeah, that's, that that's a key factor there. A huge move yeah. for them also this offseason was I was raving about this move in free agency when they re-signed Bobby Portis four years at, I believe it was $89 million, and he showed it in that last game. 15 boards, 13 points, five assists. That's a good muck stat line that they needed with all of that depth scoring. They needed a guy to go inside uh, along with Brooke without Giannis. Yeah, Bobby P just means so much to that team. It's great when they bring back like a really important guy like that who's massive fan favorite, does a lot for that. Like obviously, like all his teammates love him. And he can go in and get you 15 boards like that. Crazy eyes, Bobby P, like no criticism here whatsoever. Yeah. And I, I remember when he was he signed for your beloved New York Knicks and you just had your your face your your face in your palms. 
some those are some, rough puppy years. Some yeah, exactly. You got the player with the wrong team at the time. And that's what you could say. You could say Bobby Portis with the Bulls wasn't great either. Bobby yeah. Portis with the Knicks wasn't great either. Bobby Portis with the Bucks, it fits. Sometimes yeah. you just have to be Goldilocks. Some players have to keep trying the porridge. Yeah. On the other side of things, the Heat um got wrecked. Got <laughs> absolutely wrecked. 20 uh Jimmy Butler put up 25. Uh, the most overpaid player in the league, also known as Duncan Robinson, put up 14 points. Uh, Bam put up 18. Struess put up four and five, four and five boards. Uh, Gabe Vincent put up 16. Caleb Martin put up 15. Oladipo put up 15. I almost forgot he was on this team. And Kyle ah. Lowry put up five points. I mean, this team is... I can't even say, like, they might just be as me. It, look... The reason why I was so happy that my beloved Chicago Bulls lost, oh, to, the, lost to the here Heat. Come, here comes the ball. Here comes the Chicago plug. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that they lost. <laughs> I'm so happy that they lost God. to the Heat because that that was just a competition to see who would get their butts kicked in by Milwaukee in the first round. And I would not want to see my Bulls in the first round. Um, but with this Heat team, I get to settle for them being destroyed. Um, but what do y'all think about this team? It's all about. They just can't shoot. No, they can't shoot. They can't shoot. Save their lives. They really can't. They have Kevin Love, but cats. They don't have Kevin Love from seven years ago. They got Kevin Love now, and he's not a great shooter anymore. And they need their shooters. They really do because Jimmy. Jimmy's not a three-point shooter. Jimmy's Jimmy's bones and shoulders. Jimmy is in the same class of a Demar as a Durant. These are good mid-range guys. That's his game. Mid-range, mid-range, mid-range. Bam is a bit undersized, in my opinion. I don't think they I mean he could be called the center. I kind of look at him as a power forward, and I think he gets muscled around a lot. So I don't think I think that he doesn't have a lot. He's got good defense at times, but this this Heat team weren't expected to even like they lost the you know the first second section of the play in. They got back in. I don't know. I don't see them really going very far. I think that they have to look at some. I mean, Pat Riley's magic I think is starting to run out. And I, I'm not a big uh, maths guy, but threes are bigger than twos. And <laughs> Milwaukee hit a bunch of threes. Miami hit some twos, and they go to the line a bunch. Obviously, you know, it's a different whistle in the playoffs, and they're not getting the same calls that they were all regular season. I mean, Jimmy's still getting walked up there all the time. But, like, the offense is just not – like, the defense is still okay. But, like, Bam on offense, I, I'm not seeing much at all. He's kind of just the same guy – he was when he won most improved and when he won most improved, it was like, what can he be? And it was like, well, that's it. And I feel like, like he gets a lot of praise on defense, but maybe like four and five plays, he plays good defense. And then there'll be the fifth where he just lets a guy straight through. Like, I just don't get it. Like, this is a weird team, but even like you go through their roster, like they're spending all this money on Duncan Robinson. They've got to do something about that. Plenty of <laughs> money on Tyler hero. Who's now injured, broken his fingers, won't, yeah, he, won't oh. see him again until the finals. So yeah. we won't see him again. <laughs> Quite a bit of money on Bam and Jimmy. But then, like, Max Struess, they pay nothing. Gabe Vincent, they pay nothing. Caleb yeah. Martin, they pay very little. Yeah. It's weird. Like, this roster construction, they still manage to find guys all the time. Well, like, they found, they've still got Omer Yurtz even sitting around. They found Kevin Love. I mean, the Cavaliers He's, said, take him. We don't want him. Like, just we'll just put him outside and you can just pick him up. You know, just take him. So 
And then Kyle Lowry really has never really, he's not the same Kyle Lowry that won a championship, the Raptors. He's just not. And so, you know, I agree. I think, I think that he may win another game. Maybe not. I don't think they're going to win the series. And then they're going to have to start looking at things again, because I think that, you know, Pat Riley has been playing with a lot of house money a couple of years back. The bubble certainly helped them out to get to where they got to. I don't, you know, I think it's kind of shown this season. It's not the same team. And look, historically, Jimmy Butler doesn't have a lot of patience. I mean, he, you know, he gets, he likes, you know, he'll play for a couple of seasons. And then after a while, he starts getting antsy and then he wants out. You know, I mean, that, would, that happened in, that happened in Philly. That happened in Minnesota. I mean, several Was times. Love, sorry. Was Kevin Love the first player ever signed off Facebook Marketplace? maybe yeah but what i think it, it looks like honestly they just gave him for future considerations and i feel bad for future considerations because he's been traded around way too much but um when you're looking at the heat's um roster construction i mean several times every offseason they've been talked about making a play for a big name i mean last offseason uh donovan mitchell was thrown around as a name didn't get him because they didn't want to give up hero or bam uh uh i think that same offseason and even off seasons before they were rumored for bradley beal and he just wants to make his money in in washington oh so, yeah and the good old bradley bradley never gonna leave washington man not when the money comes good Bradley's just got a job he's got a job to do he, he yeah. doesn't think of this as a game this is a job and he gets paid well to do it he goes he puts on a jersey and he comes home yeah make my money who cares we don't yeah. go to yeah, yeah and he, he makes a lot of money for doing less work than anyone else yeah hey i got to hey, brad's found himself a niche job that's something to admire in a professional yeah. world he's found himself an organization that actually will pay him what he wants and is okay with not making the playoffs every single season what are you gonna do and he's got a no trade clause the only one in the league but you're yeah. stuck but i but um i just believe that riley's just been trying to make um trying to make big swings and uh, swinging and missing every single offseason. When comes the time where they just say, where they just make a rash move? When comes the time? Because it feels like they're, they've tried it multiple times now. When comes the time they just finally say, you know what? Screw it. We're trading Hero. We're trading Bam. We're trading uh, Struess and Vincent for a superstar you got to find a team that actually says yes to that. So it all sounds good when, you know, we're pointing the finger at Pat Riley. Yeah. Pat, Riley, Pat Riley found a miracle when LeBron James said, I don't even want to go anywhere else but Miami. You know, Pat Riley didn't have to work for that. He's got to work for it now. And a deal is only as good as the other team that says we'll take that. So if he can't get that deal, he's going to keep trying. And that's why he finds guys who are G-leaguers who are sort of fringe guys like Struess. Because then it keeps the cap level low. It gets some guys with talent on the team. I think that it's a hard, it's a, it's a different market. It's a different market from when LeBron was playing down there. He had guys already there ready to play. Why can't they get any free agents? Their last free agent was Jimmy. Everything else, like they're giving guys like Kelly Olynyk money, like Dwayne Denman, they give him money. I don't know what's going on. And then they're just striking out with these, you know, Guys like Hero, Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson was a G Leaguer too. Then they end up having to pay him, you know, half the GDP of, you know, a small country. <laughs> and like, why is no one going there? Isn't it like it's a destination franchise, isn't 
Yeah, it, I mean, it, you'd think so. It's Miami. It's it's no no tax no income tax laws in Florida. You'd think so, but no one wants to go there. And they've they've just celebrated the 35th anniversary as a franchise. I mean, you know, the, I I can recall. I'm I'm of the age where I remember the Heat playing their first game. That's not the same lineup. You had Ronnie Cycli at center. You had like you had a bad team until they got Zoe and other things started happening. But I don't know. I think I think Pat Riley is a good executive. He's never gonna. He's not gonna. He's a lifer. He's not going anywhere. Pat Riley's not going anywhere. He's got the right coach. Eric Spolter's the right coach. Eric Spolter. Yeah. Has respect, you know. That's it. I mean, at this point, they'll have to wait till the summer to see who they make a move. There's rumors about Damon, St- you know, Damon Stoudemire. If I'm Damon, if I'm Damon, not Stoudemire, Damian Lillard. Sorry, Stoudemire's <laughs> <laughs> coming back from 1995 to play for the Heat. I was about to say. I was about to say. They getting him in the, as an assistant he, coach or as yeah, an executive? He Lillard would solve their a lot of their problems because Damian Lillard wants a championship, and he would be an instant injection on that team. Oh, for I sure. love that, but what are they going to ask for? And the they price, and honestly, they- honestly, they could probably do that trade in a situation where the price won't be as high as it was uh, in 2021. Cause that's the time when Portland should have traded Dame for, for a decent return. So they probably could do something there, but whether they can do it or whether Portland will be willing to do it remains to be seen. Um, But moving on here, yeah, I think it says a lot that we just we spoke about the heat for about two seconds and then immediately went on to what they should do in the offseason. Yeah. We put a fork in them. We put a fork in them. Yeah, because they're Sisyphus rolling rolling the rock up the hill at this point. But moving on, we've got the Denver Nuggets and Minnesota Minnesota Timber Mids. That's uh, done. That that's game. Done. That's done. Go ahead, please. Yeah. So, I'm asleep. I'm asleep for those. Yeah, that was like, look, I am, I don't, I, I, it's cool. Murray had forty, cool. I know. <laughs> Jokic had a cool twenty-seven, but um, it's just nice to have one in the background. Like, oh yeah, the Nuggets are playing. Yeah, yeah. Mi- Minnesota are just the most just miserable franchise in sports history, and that's saying something because the Cleveland Browns exist. I mean, just they just can't seem to get it right. Never you get a franchise face, whether it be KG, whether it be Cat, whether it be Ant, and you just can't seem to get it right. Not for a lack of trying. So you can certainly say that they've tried. They have tried and tried again. But when you have, like, they had Jimmy, and at one point you thought, wow, this could be a different team because Jimmy's no nonsense. Jimmy Butler's no nonsense. And Jimmy Butler said, I'm pulling the pin on this. So something... Something's amiss. They didn't they, look. They they were close in this game. There were points where you thought they were getting close to. They took the lead at one point, but then Denver's just Denver. They got one of the deepest benches. They lost Bones. They traded Bones Highland, and they still are deep. You still got you know Contavious Caldwell Pope. You still got Bruce Bruce Brown, which is just a huge pickup for them. Guy's a baller. Jeff they Green got, put up eleven. Jeff Green. Jeff Green, Jeff Green. I'm sorry. Oh, I will change my sentence about about Udonis Haslam. It's Udonis Haslam, Jeff Green, then Danny Green, because Jeff Green is ageless. That's like the tenth team he's been on, and he he's instant offense. And then Michael Porter Jr. playing 29 minutes and putting up 16. I mean, the pure scorer that he is. If he can just 
he needs to stay healthy. That's it. Because he's had two back surgeries. That tells no. you how, how fragile he is. No, well, uh, it's this is Denver. Like they're just they're just a better team. And you know, maybe for Minnesota, they the the numbers are slightly better when Cat is the primary defender on Jokic and they use Rudy Rudy off ball. But it's like Jokic shoots seventy percent on one and sixty percent on the other. Like it doesn't matter. Like it's all. I don't even want. I don't even want to think about the French poplar tree. I don't even want to think about him because he like speaking of that trade, five for four first round picks unprotected, plus a pick swap. Walker Kessler and a bunch of other dudes for this. Dudes that we don't even know yet. Yeah. We haven't even met them. And they're one probably of them was Conley. Too. I think one of them was Conley for this clown who has done nothing all year long except punch Kyle Anderson. So, yeah, I, I think it's just Nikola Jokic. I watched Nikola Jokic, and it, he can put you to sleep just by when he moves. He's not quick. I see him lumbering up the court. And you're just in a trance. But then he, he's then he's just finished. so good though. He cycles somebody. He goes duh, 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 duh. before you know it. He's put the ball in the basket. So I'm I I agree. Watching the Nuggets game today was like ASMR. I am better off just sleeping. So I think the series is done. You stamp it away. They get to rest. And for the Timberwolves, I think you just start with Anthony Edwards being your your star now. Clearly. He is the talented player on this team. And Cat, who had a who was out for 50 odd games, let's say, he just got back. Not like he's been playing. He just got back. I think, I just think it's time to just have a change. And maybe you just move on from Cat. I don't think you're gonna do anything with Gobert. You're stuck with him. No one wants yeah, him. <laughs> no one wants him. Who wants him? What self self-respecting GM, except for the one that made that trade would want this dude on your team. I mean, maybe like 2018, 19, you'd be like, okay, I got to have him because he was single-handedly making the Jazz better, making their defense better. But nowadays, his defensive ability isn't even there. He can only defend the paint. He's got no lateral quickness whatsoever. He cannot score the basketball even at the easiest point on the court. He doesn't want to score the ball. He's got stone hands. He can't catch. Rudy... Rudy is um, the other version. And he's on the he's on the Nuggets now. I forgot his. Name. Sorry, what was his name? It's Rudy Gobert's bed and butter. Set the screen. I'll throw you the alley oop. You dunk it. That's that Rudy Gobert. That's it. That's he's he's like a poor man's Mark Eaton. You know that he was he's the center where centers were in the eighties, where you didn't even see them as being nothing but shot blockers with the occasional all star center. Most of the centers were just that stand there, hands up, and that's him. Or even another um, comparison is Roy Hibbert. Remember Hibbert was the best what? defender in the league. Verticality, three years, three years he had that whole Indiana run. He goes really? to the Lakers, the game changes, he's done. Really, three years, he was DPOY twice, drop defense. He was the guy. He was the first to play drop defense well and effectively. Drop oh, defense really? is a joke. It's a coward's move. I hate it. Rudy is supposed to be the, the best at it. It doesn't matter anymore. Teams have figured it out. Rudy's done. He's yeah. redundant. Well, is, yeah. is by drop defense, you mean like tracking back as a yeah. center? 
Because that's yes. a, 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 and just a complete side note. That's what I usually I usually do when I when I play center. But I'm most I'm most of the time a four. But um, always it again. <laughs> I've been injured. Come on now, you know that much. But um, I'm just fine, Zion. I'm just out there. <laughs> You're just out there. But um, with. When it comes to, but I I can't even I'm not even gonna talk about the 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 Timberwolves or the Nuggets anymore. I can't with that series. Let's move on yeah. to I believe our last playoff series of the episode: Grizzlies, Lakers. Probably the most polarizing one out there. I mean, the Grizzlies. A lot's been made about their season and John Morant's antics, but. It's have they been rounding into form? This game may have looked like it. They put a they scored, they got the double digit victory. Jaron Jackson put up 18. Dylan Brooks, the heel that he is, put up 12. Xavier Tillman out of nowhere put up put up a double double, 22 and 13. Tyus Jones put up 10. Desmond Bain put up seven, 17. Luke Kennard put up 13. Um, so where what happens now? Well, what happens is about guys. They wait for they wait for Morant. Whether or not Jaw is going to be ready, because I get it. The Memphis Grizzlies have had a lot of success, relatively speaking, without him in the lineup, because then he's not the focal point. Because then they can get the ball to other guys. But they and need him. They need him. Need him. They're going to need him going forward. Sorry, and I don't think Tillman's going to put up those points. Tillman, Powell, those guys are not going to score those points that they scored. And there was they were on some kind of. It was on a path that the energy in that place was palpable. They just went berserk. And then the Lakers, they the Lakers just don't have the team speed to keep up with that. They don't. They really don't have the team speed to keep up with those guys. So Memphis just blew the door off of them on that game. I don't think that's going to happen going back to L.A. We'll see what happens. I think LeBron's in for – I think LeBron's getting worked up. I think, he, you know, people going to – like you got Dylan Brooks who is such a – a wannabe Draymond on such a high level. He's got, he's got this kind of. He's more of a wannabe Lance Stevenson. He's a light skinned Lance Stevenson. <laughs> Lance, good old Lance. But no, he's he's in his ear. He's in his ear. And LeBron, you know, people saying, why isn't LeBron clapping back? That's not LeBron style. But LeBron's gonna be home, and he, I think he's just gonna, he's just waiting to go off. I think he's just waiting to have one of those games where he's not gonna sit back anymore and just wait for guys to make a shot. Haven't seen a lot out of um, D'Lo this series either. He oh was, no! I mean, like, obviously, we thought he was, he was awful we, again too. We thought he was the guy in in the play in in game one, but he's just reverted back to regular D'Lo. He's T Wolves D'Lo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and like game one was the Austin Reeves game, so I don't know. I don't feel like this Lakers team does well when they get punched in the mouth. Like they don't really respond; they just kind of crumple. You know, AD crumples at the change of a breeze. LeBron is <laughs> like LeBron hasn't had a big game yet, and you know, game three at home probably will. Uh, but this this Memphis team has guys like they bring Tillman off the bench. They don't have Clark. They don't have Adams. So they're pulling into like Santi Aldama started game one. <laughs> They've just got dudes. Tyus Jones is always ready. You know, what is he? Leader in assist to turnover ratio for the last like three four years. You know, mm-hmm. one of the best guys off the bench you can get. So I think there's hope for Memphis. Like a, a second round series without Jar would be very difficult. But a first, like they could stay in this first round series and maybe pick up another game or two and, and wait for Jar. I, I, I haven't heard anything about how bad his hand is now, but it, it turned to mush 
and that's bad. It looked pretty bad on the replay. They kept showing it all over the place and how his hand just crumpled, like not yeah. just twice. I mean, and that's his shooting hand. It's not like it's his off hand. So he needs his shooting hand in order to be successful. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I still say that the Memphis, I think it's going to go seven. I just have a feeling if Jaws not playing for the next couple of games, the Lakers could probably steal, a, could probably hold home court. Um, I mean, the Lakers have a tendency to go in and out of hypnosis. They get lulled by things. They get lulls and they just start, they start playing aggressively. Like, I mean, like I said, like Hachimura was quiet the other game. He scored 29, Reese scored 23 in that first game. I don't think they're going to pull that off again. They're good. They're, they're all right players, but I don't think they're going to do that again. But I think LeBron needs to have that guy who he can just give the ball to and then they hit a three. Davis, I'm with you. If Davis gets near someone's shoulder, he's grabbing his arm or he's doing something. So, I mean, the Lakers, they made a lot of moves that people didn't see it. They got Hachimura. That was a big move. They got D'Angelo, who hasn't really been playing well. But um, Vanderbilt's a good player. And Beasley is right, good, too. So, if, they, if those guys can contribute this next game, I think the Lakers could, could surprise them. Yeah, well, Beasley didn't score a point in game one, and he only scored seven in game two. Played 10 and 13 minutes, respectively. I'd, yeah. I mean, if, if that's, but that's what you do with LeBron. You put shooters around him. It's easy. It's been done a million times. Just do it again. You've got shooters. Do it. I think exactly. there's, there's just a weird thing about the Lakers, man. Um, and, and I'm looking squarely at uh, Anthony Day-to-Day Davis. The dude just cannot – He, I don't know what it is. If it's not his health, it's his motor. His motor has always been the biggest problem about about him in L.A. He Sometimes he has a tendency to just have the performances that you know Anthony Davis can have as that will have you saying, this guy is the best basketball player in the world. But then one moment he looks like he should be on the bench. 38 minutes, 13 points. That's not what you expect out of Anthony Davis. I, I, I honestly, I think that, I think that Anthony Davis um, doesn't like the idea of LeBron on the team. I think once LeBron decides either he leaves to go play with Bronny or decides to retire, then I think that'll change. Well, the Bronny thing will probably have to wait because the NBA changed its, its rules on, uh, uh, on um on stuff like that, so Bronny will probably have to have to wait a little bit longer. But yeah, you were saying, yeah, I'm just saying that. Yeah, I mean, that's AD. I think when LeBron was out and AD was healthy and playing, suddenly the leadership kind of moved in his direction. So I don't know if that's the case. Yes, they won in the bubble, but I still say that Lakers bubble year was not a true test. They played less games, so they were both healthy. It was a controlled environment. Yes, the Lakers won, but, you know, I think that's an asterisk. And I think LeBron wants to be able to say, I'll bring a championship in this way. So. Well, in the, well, in the bubble, it was, it was very, it was equal of, of all, of, of all teams were healthy, but what are you thinking, Joe, about this Lakers team? Yeah. I don't think it's really uh, Anthony Davis's fault that he was born with hollow burn. Hollow bones like a bird. Ugh, fuck me. He was born <laughs> with hollow bones like a bird. And he just has the, you know, he's got the same motivations. He, he's he got to reach up, get those boards and and ferry down the court as quickly as he can. But he doesn't seem to have 
much of a desire to to take over in big situations in these games. Like, and it's easy to hand off to LeBron because LeBron's one of the best to ever do it, as much as it pains me to admit it. But there's got to be something. There's got to be a way for the two of them to coexist and work together, and to play with this really good supporting cast they've got. Like, this is probably. I mean, can you say it's worse than the bubble team? Because the bubble team wasn't, like, outside of AD and LeBron, it was like Dwight Howard, Rashawn Rondo. Like, it was the meme team. That's what they called yeah. it. Yeah. So it's the Mickey doable. Mouse, it's the Mickey Mouse team. Yeah. They had a Morris brother, didn't they? I can't remember. They, they had, yeah, they did have, um, I th- I think, yeah, they had one of them. They, they had, had Markeith. Yes, Markeith, yeah. Markeith was the brother. Yeah, one of the Morris twins was playing on that team too, so. But that was that was the meme team. Whether they get a a legit championship, so to speak, we'll uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, we've been talking for a very long time, and that's going to do it for our show. We've gone through every single playoff series. Uh, if you come from any other platform, welcome. We do this thing once a week, but we're most likely going to be shifting to two two times a week to cover all the other topics we got going on. Uh, thank you so much, Joe from the block content for joining us tonight. Thanks. It was a great discussion. We'll hey, talk thanks, again. thanks again. So um, yeah, yeah. do you want to just uh, say your socials and what you do um, and have your little time? Yeah, sure. So uh, the block content is what I post under. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok. It's nearly identically the same content, but uh, if you find me on Instagram first, I'll put out all the words and then on TikTok, I'll read them. Uh, and then I have a pod, I, I've got a podcast every fortnight with my boys, Zach and Cal. We're probably recording tomorrow, depending on um, schedules. But yeah, we'll be talking plenty of playoffs there. Um, otherwise, yeah, go next in game four, but um, beware Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to do it for our show this week. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We have got NHL playoffs coming up in episode two of this week. We've got plenty of other sports coming. We've got the NFL draft coming up. We're going to be previewing that. But until then, we'll see you. Bye.